Yo. What's going on? Nothing much. Sorry again that I'm so late. I had a family emergency I had to take care of. But, but, but. All, but, the, all the more reason that you ain't had to worry about trying to rush nobody into doing a recording. Family emergencies a, take precedence, sir. It wasn't a rush. Again, I, once I got done with it, I, that's why I hit everybody up. I was like, if y'all still trying to do this, you know, let me know. And then you said that you was cooking, so I gave you your time. But again, now that we're here, we're definitely here. We're in the game. That's because I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing. I could have told you I was beating my meat, and you just had to deal with it. That that comes with being the head of the table, sir. Here we go. Here we go. Everybody else in here. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a special episode. This is actually going to be the first episode that me and the head of the table do alone. Um, The other couple episodes he's been on normally, we have DB here, but this will be the first one. That is just me and Rob. So, as usual, Rob, say what's up to the people, say how you're doing. Um, That's how you're Again, I don't need introductions from those beneath me. Everybody knows who I am. The head of the table. The Kilimanjaro. The Mount Everest. I am the mountain that you you guys wish to ascend. You can only visit the top for a little while because the air is thin up here. I am what changes you. You don't change me. That's who I am. I don't need titles. I don't need. I don't need. I don't need championships. I don't need the accolades and glory that everybody seeks after because I'm confident and well enough in myself that everything that I say and do is just that damn good. But anyway, it's and Monday. Ladies, and ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. There you have it. And I, as usual, am your boy, the young blood himself. I am your boy, Wade. Uh, this is going to be a fun episode. And the reason why I say this is going to be a fun episode is because me and Rob have a couple of things that we're going to discuss. One, we're going to discuss SmackDown. We're going to discuss what happened. We're also going to discuss discuss our favorite parts of SmackDown. Also, we're going to discuss the last episode, the, the term, the John Cena push um, got brought up. And Rob said that he wanted to, to, on a different episode, kind of go into more detail about that. So I thought, why not talk about that on episode 11? And then also, we I'm going to, throughout the episode, possibly spitball names for this fantasy wrestling promotion we all told you about. Um, if this is your first episode listening to us, a little while back we talked about starting up our own fantasy wrestling promotion. We haven't come up with a name yet, but the way that this is going to work is literally, we will pick superstars, wrestlers, um, stars from across any promotion, um, to bring them to our fantasy, our fantasy booking federation, and then from there we will book matches. Let you know who go over. We might even do some play by play. I think my commentary is getting pretty good, but as usual, Rob probably shoot me down and tell me that I'm trash. Absolutely, but you know, as long as you know that. But when that time comes, that time comes. The way I'm kind of thinking about it right now is we will have, uh, of course, our main event. We will have a world championship, a TV title, a tag title, and a women's title. I don't know. As the, as I would personally elect myself as GM, but then again, like I said, Rob would probably call me trash, and he would shit all over my GM booking decisions. So, 
when did, like I said, when time comes for us to properly book this fantasy wrestling uh, promotion, you all will know, and we'll see exactly how much Rob calls me trash throughout this. Hey, you know what? I don't appreciate this, but I'll take it. You know what? Before we even get into this, man, this paint, this picture you're trying to paint for your fans, for the li- listeners of this podcast, as if I'm some sort of bully that is simply talking to you and 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 degrading and, and berating you with absolutely no sur- substance behind it. I think it's a little offensive. Um, are, I think anybody. Are you who not is, the beast? Are you not? Are you not the the conqueror? Are you not the beast? Are you not the bully on the block to begin with? So why not portray you as what you are? I absolutely am what I am. I, I didn't say I wasn't any of those things. I'm simply saying that what you won't do is sit here and try and get sympathy off the fact that sometimes you just say some weird and whack shit, and it needs to be called out. So that's what we're not gonna do. But anyway, let's go ahead and jump into it. Now again, you know my rules when I'm on the show, man. We can talk about anything, whether I've seen it or not. We can always offer commentary to it. Um, we just can't talk about AEW because it's trash, and I don't believe in giving it the pub that people want to give it. But it's it whack. gets the people going. I don't care. It's whack. It's it's a waste. Of, it's beneath me. Okay. It's, Again, so as you all know, whenever Rob is on the show, we do not, we do not discuss AEW when he's on the show. That's why we're only discussing uh, SmackDown. He said he hasn't seen NXT. I might actually wise over to Mike go over NXT as well. But we're gonna start off with SmackDown. So, first things first. Um, Roman Reigns calls out Jay Uso for failing the family. <laughs> Wait a second. All right, so okay. So again, I think we've all come to the agreement that Roman Wayne, Roman Reigns is doing so much better without a crowd and being able to like this is the perfect thing for him to really get comfortable in his character in the heel turn that he's in mm-hmm. and so the promos are so much better he doesn't have to yell over everybody he doesn't have to contend with actual booze and he doesn't have to he, and what makes it better is that and this is gonna this is sad to say they can shoot multiple takes because it's not like they're shooting it live. So yeah. they can shoot, so they can shoot yeah. multiple takes. And if he fumbles a line, you know he doesn't have to. You know he he oh man run it back and let's do it again. But this whole thing with Jimmy with with Jay and eventually Jimmy will come into it mm-hmm. and probably uh, Jacob eventually. My thing is, again, bravo to 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 Roman and, and everything that he's doing right now as the the tribal chief, the head of the table on SmackDown. Um, but I, at some point, they need to they need to move forward. I know that they have the talent there to to put in front of him at least to give him challenging matches. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know. The, as long as we're still focusing on how poorly he's treating Jay, it means that they're going to bring Jay back into it. That means one of two things. You're either going to try and give Jay an, another title shot or you're just going to run this beef 
until you actually, I mean, they're telegraphing it right now and they're definitely trying to push towards having The Rock come back uh, to, to challenge Roman at least for that title of head of the table or tribal chief. That would give think... Roman that solid win, though. That would definitely get them that solid win to kind of stamp his reign. I don't think he needs to be champ in order to do it, though. Hmm. That's the thing. Again, my thing is, I love... Just like I tell you guys here on the on the podcast, when, when Bean is here or, or Murph or Moody... You know, I call myself. I, I don't. I don't need a championship. I don't need a title to to be who I am. And I don't think that to be a successful heel, to be to be a top guy, you don't need a title. Let's be real. Austin in the '90s was so red hot that he didn't need to have. He didn't need to have the 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 world title, but they kept the strap on him, right? Mm-hmm. It was just that thing that he was the he that because he was the flagship of the show. Why would you have the guy be the flagship or the flagship of the company? And if he's the flagship of the company, you know, you strap the title to him, put him out here, let him go, kiss babies, and you know all of that other you know do all the political stuff. Also, same thing. Kissing babies, he was stunning babies. He was mm-hmm. stunning babies and, and throwing them beers. But you know the same thing with Cena again when they're when they're focusing on having a singular champion as the face of the company. But now that they're really trying to push these brand splits and really pushing Drew and really pushing Roman, show me how well you push them without a title. Mm. How compelling will they be without having a championship that they have to defend for? Do the do the I said do the <coughs> does the chase for the title count? Because the way that they built Drew up chasing the the championship, I thought was pretty good. Now Roman, I don't feel like necessarily because he didn't have a chase. It was he came in, he wrecked shit, he grabbed his title, and he fucking left. That was it. But Drew had more of a chase. So do you feel like their build with Drew chasing to get to Brock or not Brock? Was it Drew versus Brock or Drew versus um Braun? Drew versus Brock. Drew versus Brock. Um, do you think that the the chase leading up to that was was like good building, or do you feel like it was meh, as as most things in WWE are? No, I think it was actually really good. But again, when you're looking at who he's chasing, it's not just the title. Brock Lesnar is the man when he comes back. Yep. There's no question about it. There's no whether he has the title or not. And again, he does all of that because he has a mouthpiece like Paul Heyman. But he does not need when Brock Lesnar comes back. Brock Lesnar, when he was there in the early 2000s, Brock Lesnar didn't have to have the title in order to be, oh man, he's Brock Lesnar. He's the next big thing. He was guys. He was just at that point, he was just what they were pushing as the flagship and they kind of did an Austin thing with him. Like they gave him the title because if we're going to push you as the new face of our company, it only makes sense. No, and again, when you're looking at when you're looking at the the type of company the WWE was back in the early 2000s, that's mm-hmm. what you have. 
if you're pushing if you're pushing uh, Roman Reigns as this undeniable badass then if you're going to have him continue to you know does the title make him or does he make the title and I, I think and, in this particular one, he's making the title now in his past. Absolutely not. Both him and Drew McIntyre right now are being made by the title, because right now if they if they're not champ, what 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 else do you have? Now again, Roman has a better shot with what his gimmick is doing right now. That's what I was about to, to say. Roman has to, a better chance than Drew does at the moment. Exactly. So he can definitely be without the title and keep and and just go. It's much like I talk about when we talk about Bray Wyatt as the Fiend. Mm-hmm. The Fiend is always in the title picture. He doesn't have to have the title. He's he's he know he is who he is without having the strap. And when you put the strap on him, he does more bad for the strap than good because of his character. Why? If you're building this man up to be this monster, this this undefeatable, you know. He, they, 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 they're, they're, they strapped him to this gimmick that is mythical, indestructible. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's the Undertaker and Kane put together. Yeah. You know, there's no reason that he should lose. He's kicking out of eleven curb stomps. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> that shit pissed me off still. <laughs> That just still makes me bad. But but he but he's kicking out of all of these. He's kicking out of everybody's finish. He's kicking everybody out of everybody's signature moves. He's he's a different kind of he's a different kind of monster. So putting the strap on him is like putting the strap on somebody like Braun Strowman when he's undefeated. It's like putting the strap on Oscar when she's undefeated. Unless you're building them to be indestructible for the rest of their careers, then that's exactly what it's going to be. And people ask, you know, oh, well, who's going to be the next Taker? Vince, for the gimmick that Taker got, did a phenomenal job. And Mark Calloway, as the performer behind the character, did a phenomenal job in saying, hey, it's time for the character to pivot. We need to go a different route. Yeah. I don't think that the talent has the acumen to say, oh man, you know, I've been this way for so long. Let's it's time to pivot and go do this. Bray Wyatt is doing two different things. He's literally two characters right now. Yeah, he's Bray Wyatt and he's the fiend. He either comes out as Mr. Rogers or he comes out as Michael Myers. Exactly. And when he's Michael Myers, he's under he's indestructible. And when he's Mr. Rogers, here's the thing: he's not taking it seriously. So yep. he can win or lose, and it is what it is. But then he'll lose, and the lights shut shut off, and next thing you know, the fiend is in the ring. Yeah, and now you're being destroyed by the fiend. Exactly. So, like I said, this whole thing with Jay, uh, and and what and what Roman is doing. To come back to the point, you know, dressing him down and trying to make him more aggressive, great. You're, you, we're getting to see a different side of Jay of of, of Jay Fatu or Jay Uso, um, th- this vicious side. But 
is he does he still want to be just a tag team wrestler is he are we going to eventually see him as a viable singles competitor because he can definitely do it he can definitely do it but the question becomes what are we going to what what's the what's the payout for it because yeah, again, great. Great. Jay doesn't become anything until he's the champion right ooh yeah and what's crazy is like like, and I know this is kind of throwing it to video games, but like, when I used to play like, well, not when I used to, whenever I played like WWE 2K19 or 20, um, something that always seems to happen and it's not through my own design, but somehow I always end up ironically getting Jay Uso, not like in a world title picture, but he always ends up capturing like the IC title like once or twice. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, and like in my own personal mind, I want to keep him a part of the tag team, but for somehow he always ends up branching off. So just to kind of see that in real life was kind of crazy to me. But I could see Jay, Jay Uso as a viable mid carder. I, I can't necessarily see him as a main eventer, but I can definitely see him as a as a viable mid carder. What do you he, think a main like, eventer looks like? Repeat that. I'm sorry. So what do you think a main eventer looks like? I had to if I had to pick a main eventer, I would say at this point it would be Roman and Drew. Like the the type of badass the type of badass atmosphere that both of them have would be a twenty twenty main eventer in my opinion. I feel like not I'm not saying that Jay doesn't have that that badass aura or that come in wreck shit leave type of aura about him, but with the way that they're currently portraying him as being under the wing of Roman unless he does like a complete 180 and says oops i'm ready to, to stand up on my own and, and do some shit like that then yeah like i see bible midgard so my thing is and i've told you this dozens of times we talked about you know how i felt about cats like razor ramon mm-hmm. uh, scott hall uh kevin nash these cats who got big pushes who were great as they were I mean, if we're great for the time that they were, some may some may need, you know, a main event push, some may not. With Jay Uso, I think the, the question really boils down to again, anybody can be champ. Zach Ryder could be champ. You know, let's let's not hear let's not sit here and pretend that you know that they can't be champ. If you're right. going to if you're going to log jam the main event picture with the Jim Cornette or or Vince McMahon prototype guys, then no, the only people that can exist up there are going to be Braun Strowman, uh, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, you know, cats like that. So to, to me, to me, a couple other main eventers, and again, you're going to one of these. I know for a fact you're going to probably both of them. But to me, Kevin Owens is a main eventer, and he's not the the typical Vince looking type of dude. I think personally, in my eyes, Sami Zayn um, is a main eventer. Like they just, for some reason, well, I think that's Sami's body, but like they never really like pushed Sami Zayn to that point. But I feel like Sami Zayn is a main eventer to me. Um, who else? Sammy Zayn so, didn't make it because of Sammy staying injured. That's what that's what I was literally saying. Like I think it's his injuries that that fucked him up on that one. Because his first night on the main roster, he went up against Cena and got fucking hurt. 
Like it was Sammy's body broke down on him. But yeah, those are just two up the top of two people off the top of my head that I can automatically be like, I can point to those two and I wouldn't I wouldn't mind putting them in my main event scene. Here's the thing. Again, you can put anybody again, as a booker, you can put anybody in your main event. The question is always gonna come down to whether or not those people are what's the word I use? Boom. Are you gonna put butts in seats? Do I wanna see Kevin Owens versus do I wanna see Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns? That actually like that sounds good on paper, but on paper. So here's the thing. For what you for for who you have as a character right now as Sami Zayn, probably not. Now, if you had the scrappy underdog NXT Sami Zayn who was going toe-to-toe and putting on classics with somebody like Cesaro. Or Neville, a.k.a. Pat. Or Neville, um, or or Samoa Joe, or Kevin Owens. Like, those those matches, again, and, and those are different wrestling styles. You have these, you know, you're not, when you're dealing with these power guys, people like Bobby, people like Roman, people like Braun, um, I won't put Drew in that category because Drew can actually do a lot in that ring. Yeah. But when you're looking at some of these other guys, you're looking at limited skill set, limited move sets, and typically you're looking at limited uh, uh, mobility in the ring. They can only do so much. I was about to say, like, Slimmer, Slimmer, like, when Drew was Slimmer, he used to do, like, suicide dives. Like, legit, like... Point like front flip suicide dives like during the WLC back when he was in 3MB he did one onto um, onto a ladder which shocked the fuck out of me I was like what the fuck like but that was back when Drew was, was slimmer now that he's all big bulked up Drew I don't think he can move the same I think he can you forget he's doing kip ups every night true true so I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past it but again you have to allow for these guys to go in and work and build programs. That means you have to pull back from a lot of the stuff that you're doing right now. Less talk, more action. Give these guys more time to work in the ring. If you're going to fill a three-hour show, mm-hmm. fill it with action. Let these guys go 10, 15, 10, 12 minutes a night on these shows that you're giving them this access to. But right now they're not they're not doing that. So you don't get a chance to see if these guys can really actually go and put on amazing matches. But again, a part of it could be just due to Vince wanting to hold on to you know whatever whatever grip he still has, that could be the other reason why why we're not why you're not seeing these types of things. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't sit here and say, you know, again, I'm a Kevin Owens fan. <clears throat> I, I I would be okay with Kevin Owens, especially when he was when he was heel. Oh man, Kevin oh, Owens, heel was, Owens heel. was the best. When, Owens was the best. You know, again, kill you know, kill Owens, kill or or whatever. Especially when they were doing the kill Sting kill, really, because those were the shirts. Yeah. They they, they kind of followed that over to NXT. When you're on the main roster, they're not going to push T-shirts to say stuff like that. But when you're letting these guys go out here and work like they're used to working, 
then the sky's the limit. And again, I can see Jimmy and I, I can see Jay and Kevin Owens working matches for the title. But is it going to have this? But is Kevin and Roman working those matches going to have the same effect? Mm. You're drawn to the match because, oh, Kevin, because Roman Reigns looks like he's coming in to fight. Kevin Owens looks like he's coming in to fight every night. Kevin yeah, Owens like he's until you standing that. next to a guy that's six foot four, 260 pounds of muscle. Kevin Owens walk, waddles in there at five, ten and a half. But with the heart of a fucking lion ready to go to war. Against the dude six four, two sixty, 260 of a walking Viagra pill. I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> all right. Call it so, what it is, man. It's, oh, all right. Uh, this is a children's show, but I'll still go ahead and say it's it. It's not a children's show. <laughs> but, but it's literally like those times where you watch porn. It's like, oh, look at this slovenly, hairy guy. It's, it's Ron Jeremy versus Lex, Lexington Steel. Who, All right, who so. are you putting your money on? Like, who do you who do you want to be like? Yeah, I'll watch that scene. All right, I got you. I got you. So, by the way, uh, we, we this is how this is why I wanted to have Robert in particular because we've only covered the first part of SmackDown and we're already about thirty minutes in. Um, so, what happened in the first segment was. Jey Uso hyped up the victory of Roman Reigns over Drew McIntyre. The Tribal Chief interrupted the hype promo, headed to the ring on his own time. A video package was shown highlighting Uso's failure as team captain with the men's SmackDown team, followed by his help in defeating the Scottish psychopath. Reigns questioned why Uso got involved in the main event before quickly saying that his cousin had embarrassed the family by not garnering the respect of his team. Uso was left unable to speak as Otis walked out for his match with King Corbin. Jay made his mark with a vicious steel chair attack. How would you rate the first segment on a scale of A to F or F to A? C. You would use C? No yeah. minus or plus? Just a flat out C? Just a C. Gotcha, gotcha. Again, I could have lived without him. You know, what, what, okay, so Jay is going out here. He gets embarrassed by his, by his, by his cousin. He beats up Otis. What's it going to lead to? Is, is are him and Otis going to have a beef now? No. Yeah. So he's just so he's just going to start beef with his entire SmackDown team. That's what it's going to boil down to. Because again, that sounds like a terrible. That's how, that sounds like a terrible storyline. This is the way they. I think this is the way that they could put it. Like, look, um, like he was the the captain of Team SmackDown. It was clear that nobody on his team respected him at all. Nobody gave a fuck about what Jay Uso wanted, even though Roman, the head of the table, oh Roman, our tribal chief, head of the table, oh we bow down to you. Um, even though he's the universal champion and he's the the head of SmackDown, they didn't give a fuck about Jay. Like everybody looked at Jay as if you're Roman's little cousin, you're his underling. Like why the fuck do we have to listen to you? That's the reason why SmackDown got fucking swept. So what mm. he could do, what he could do is he could go on a run, go from Otis and start, except, except for Seth. Seth would be the, the final destination in my books. 
seeing that one Seth did bow down in the middle of the ring as a Messiah sacrifice and two if you save Seth for last that gives him some time to, to go through um, Becky Lynch's pregnancy and that could give him a little bit of time to you know spend with his family I think if I'm not mistaken Becky's like three four months in at this point so it, you you have you have some some time that you could give like you can give Otis a month um who the fuck else is on team smackdown it's literally escaping my my fucking head king corbin you can give you can give king corbin like a month and just do like that just literally knock them all off you all wouldn't respect me and you made like roman look down on me during survivor series i'm gonna knock each one of you off one by one set this last nah i don't know again maybe it's just me i'll live with it but I don't agree with it. I don't think that that's the best way to go about it. Um, again, <laughs> call it call it what it is. As far as what what you see is what, what I see Jay Uso as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, end of the day, I'm not trying to be tunnel visioned and saying that he's only going to be good as a, as a singles as a as a tag competitor. Because the truth of the matter is. He absolutely, he absolutely um, is doing well as a singles competitor. But at what point are you going to sit and say, hey, is he going to be a, you know, are you pushing him towards the Intercontinental title, which it looks like they're pushing towards Daniel Bryan. When Daniel Bryan is a certified heavyweight champion, yeah, and he definitely could and should be in the title picture and giving Roman a run for his money. Now, again, I know exactly how they're going to play it if they do. Oh, it's the underdog story. It's scrappy Daniel Bryan versus you know the tribal chief. But it, I say, go in there and let them let Bryan go in there, outthink him, outmaneuvering, and and chop him down. Or go to show that that is the glaring flaw, as is always the situation with these big guys. You go in there against these smaller, faster, more technically skilled wrestlers, and you get out-wrestled, you get out, they're faster than you are, and it is literally lightning in a bottle, it's a split-second thing. You look up, he's going for a Superman punch, you catch a, a knee to the face. I got you. All right, so moving on to the next match. The Street Profits versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, also known as Rudolph. Robert Roode and Dolph what? Ziggler refused. <laughs> and they actually, I didn't come up with that. I've actually heard that, like, a couple of different places. But I've literally heard people like, it just makes sense, Rudolph. Like, it's just, it, it always cracks me up anytime I fucking do That's terrible. Um, <laughs> Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler refused to give anyone credit except themselves. Um, certain they deserve, they were certain that they deserved the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Street Profits felt Roode and Ziggler were making fun of them, mocking the duo for their fashion choices. The show off dodged an early attempt at a frog splash to help the heels take over the pace of the clash. Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford fought back and hit a spine buster into a frog splash for a near fall that Ziggler broke up. In the ensuing chaos, the glorious one rolled up forward with a handful of tights for the one, two, three. And Rude and Ziggler have pinned the SmackDown Tag Team Champions by pinfall, which is actually 
going to possibly set up a tag team match for them at TLC. How do you feel about that? I mean, you got to keep the tag team stuff going. So if that's going to be the guy, then that's going to be, I mean, if this is going to be the match, it's going to be the match. Um, you got clear heels working, clear baby faces. It's, you know, an average match. Um, I think there was a lot more chemistry and a lot more action in the um, New Day uh, Street Profits match. Um, I know that Dolph Ziggler has, you know, all kinds of crazy uh, talent. I know he has all kinds of crazy talent. I think Robert Roode is near the twilight of his career. And they're just mm-hmm. they're just doing what they they're just using him as they as they feel. People forget the fact that Robert Roode is in his mid forties, mid to late forties. Uh, For real, you know he. I remember him back in TNA. That's the thing. Like I watched him back when TNA was actually good. TNA was never good, but it's okay. I, I, for from like 05 to 07 and then. They had bright spots in 2010, but that's when it kind of went down. But from like 05 to like 2007, those were like TNA's best years. That was when Christian Cage, that's when you had that amazing triple threat match between Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, and Samoa Joe for the X Division Championship. TNA had some really good years, man. They had some really good years and they had some fantastic fucking matches. Whatever. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, moving on. The next match on the show was Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Um, a recap before that, though, was shown of the final farewell to The Undertaker. In a backstage interview, Daniel Bryan explained that he was calm and focused in his pursuit of the Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn complained that the Planet Champion did not deserve another shot after losing at WrestleMania 36. Ryan interrupted the rant and went after the critic of the critics. Stomps and a dropkick grounded Zane until he threw his challenger outside. Ryan fought back quickly and forced Zane to the top rope to set up a Frankensteiner for a two count. The Intercontinental Champion connected on a brain buster on the apron that nearly got a count out victory, followed by a near fall on the Blue Thunderbomb. Um, Daniel Bryan rolled up the champion into the yes lock and Sami Zayn tried to run. Bryan followed and Zayn ran him around and got back into the ring for a count out win. How do you think, how do you feel about the program uh, between Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan going forward? Again, you know, if you're going to put the, if you're going to put the strap on Daniel Bryan, then again, you're, you're going, you're rehashing a little bit of a a tired storyline. Uh, Cena did it with the U.S. title where it was defended. You know, he did the open challenge every week. Mm-hmm. AJ did it with the, I believe, the, inter- the, the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title. I think so. Um, and, you know, so he's not, so now there's uh, the, you're, you're building up this program where Daniel Bryan is now going to take over the mantle of, you know, this, this weekly championship but at least you're putting a strap on someone. And again, you're, it's not like you're taking it away from somebody who can't go in the ring. You're, you're right. just they're they're let they're leaning heavier into uh, Sami Zayn's sneakiness. Which again, at least at the at the very least, Sami Zayn is giving you the most creative ways to to maintain a championship without actually having to defend the championship. You know what I'm saying? He's 
he tied up Apollo Cruz's ankle in the uh, in the ring ropes um, with the, the the ropes to tie the canvas down. He yeah. he beat him in ten, so that was a ten second win. He beat Daniel Bryan by countout. He beat he he handcuffed AJ and Jeff, you know, and and won and won the latter match. Um, and so one of two things can come of this: if they're not going to push Daniel Bryan, then the segment where he talks to Big E in the background. Uh, in the backstage area and Big E goes to shake his hand and is squeezing his hand counting the 10 to let him know like 10 you know, ten seconds is a very long time um, either Big E should be the person to, to, to end it or Daniel Bryan or you put them in a three uh, I don't know how that three way match works nah, nah I don't want to see that three way match now I almost talked myself into it nah I don't want to see it that's ugly. I'm gonna say Big E will be the heavy versus the two athletic, um, versus the two athletic superstars, and Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn. He could throw them around. He would be the hoss in that match. It, it could work, but I don't want to see it. So, like I said, you either put him in the match with Big E, or you put him in the match with Daniel Bryan, and you let them from that point determine. Like I said, put it on one of them two, and let's see where the title goes from that point. But until you start just like with the tag team titles, until you start actually putting an, an emphasis on it, then, you know, people would just kind of look at it for what it is as this secondary doesn't really matter title. I got you. Uh, so moving on to the next match, it was the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair versus the role model, Natalia. Um... <clears throat> Bailey watched this match with an avid interest on commentary. Um, I'm sorry, not the role model, Natalia. I'm sorry about that. The boat. Uh, Bailey watched Bailey. The, the, the role model, Bailey. Uh, she watched this match with an avid interest on commentary. Bianca Belair found herself struggling early with the technical prowess of Natalia. Finally, the EST power uh, allowed her power allowed her to dump the Queen of Hearts outside. The role model took a punch from Belair, followed by Belair throwing Natalia into Bailey. The impact with the former SmackDown Women's Champion days the Queen of Hearts, who got rolled up another fucking roll up four three by the EST. I don't like the I don't like what they're doing to uh, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is so much more talented than this, but you know who am I to complain right now? She's she's on SmackDown, and Paul Heyman has already done exactly what he's supposed to do. You're the best thing going. You have literally earned the the moniker and title of the EST of WWE, and you I see nothing but greatness from her. So I'm ready for them to really let her greatness uh, glow. Ha <laughs> ha, Naomi. Hey, look, Bianca Belair is the finest. That's all I gotta say. She is. She is. Uh, she, is she is my queen. Uh, she is my queen. Who who would you say? But, but yeah, besides Naomi. Now, how you gonna tell me besides? Because that's the only person you could throw up. Not necessarily true. There's a lot of them, bro. But again, them are my. I'm, I'm color biased. All of my favorites have, all of my favorites have melanin. Understandable, definitely understandable. Uh, so the next match after Bianca and Natalia. <clears throat> 
was King Corbin versus Murphy with the Mysterio family behind him. Uh, so King Corbin made fun of the Mysterio family backstage for believing in Murphy while also mocking Dominic Mysterio's abilities in the ring. With Otis taken out early in the night, Murphy took the big man's place hoping to shut up the king. Everyone in the Mysterio family helped protect Aaliyah's boyfriend, stopping Corbin from doing anything untoward him. After Corbin planted Murphy with the deep six, Rey Mysterio distracted the referee. This aggravated the king as he beat down Murphy into the mat. However, a final distraction from Dominic allowed Murphy to land a bicycle knee for the three count, with the help of Dominic again knocking Corbin's leg off the rope. An angry Corbin demanded a rematch next week, promising he would back up his shit talk. So, 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 so. Um, definitely some heel tactics from the Mysterio family. Uh, I don't necessarily like the way that this is going right now with the Mysterio family. If Steph was still here, okay, cool. Um, just turn Buddy heel already, or like turn him back heel. Let him betray the Mysterio family, and let them go their separate ways. Cause I don't like this. I don't. I don't like this. This program that they're working right now. I don't like this. I just don't. I don't care. I mean, that's. But again, that's just me being uh, oblivious to it. Uh, I know that Ray is really holding on just because of his son. And that he's yeah. trying his best to, he's trying his best to, um, you know, make sure that Dominic gets some some sta- uh, stable footing. But you know, Ray, I, last last Friday was the first time I've seen Ray without the patch over his eye. So I can't believe that he yeah. held on to that gimmick for that long, and they didn't even say anything about it. So again, you know, again, that's when my cornet kicks in, like. How how do you not talk about like, hey Ray your eyes better, you know what I'm saying? You, Especially after doing the whole fucking match to to put focus on the eye to begin with. Exactly. Uh, but then, like I said, the fact that he he's literally walked around with this blacked out, you know, this eye, this this patch over his eye for, you know, God knows how long, and now he's uh, now he's at this point where. Oh, everything's healed now, and, and you're good to go. Like, mm, I don't know, bro. How about you not do that? Yeah, I got you. I got you. So the final match of the night was Jay Uso versus Kevin Owens. But before that, Sami Zayn made fun of Apollo Crews until Biggie stepped in. He made it clear that the critic of the critics was just one misstep away from losing his title. Sasha Banks attacked. Carmella as she taunted the legit boss. Billy Kay tried to talk her into talk her way into a commentary job, but was escorted away. In the gorilla in the gorilla position after Daniel Bryan's match with Zayn, Jay Uso beat down Bryan until Kevin Owens, Owens pulled him off. Um, KO stood up to Roman Reigns and Uso, telling the tribal chief that he was messing with his family's mind. Uso went after the left arm of Owens, trapping him in the ropes until KO raked his eyes to escape. 